I know it's been a while since our last class. After the fight at the school, I wasn't sure Miyagi-Do should stay open. But things have gotten worse since we shut down. That's why we're back. The only way to stop Cobra Kai is if we all work together. But always remember, the reason we learn karate is to show the world that you're not a bunch of pansy-ass nerds. You're gonna show them that you're tough. Because eagles don't get shit on. They're the ones that do the shit. Just don't forget, being a badass doesn't mean being an asshole. The goal isn't to hurt other kids. The goal is to win at all costs. Those we thought to be our allies have turned against us. Now our enemies are attacking us from all sides. There is no turning back. Now is the time to show them forgiveness, compassion. Mr. Miyagi used to say, if you're looking for revenge, you could start by digging two graves. He was right. If you have hate in your heart, then you've already lost. I know it's not easy, but you have to do whatever you can to beat the living crap out of them. Don't let them push you around. You gotta swoop down like an eagle. Grab them with your claws and sink your fangs into them. But I don't ever want you to start the fight. I just want you to finish it. For good. Do I make myself clear? Yes, Sensei! Welcome back to the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the Fear of God podcast. Welcome, friends and foggers, to a whole new fog and era. I am one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And ladies and gentlemen, he was here a moment ago, but with a look of grim determination, he said he had to go sweep the leg, and then bounded off screen. That said, we do have a very special guest today. Personally, my very own knight in shining armor from a long time ago. 
I messaged him on Facebook last <laughs> season. He's just now showing up to impart some sound advice. Please allow me to introduce you to the man who threatened to put me in a body bag for most of my younger years. For the very first time on The Fear of God, he's an author, he's a blogger, he co-pastors a church in Hayesville, North Carolina. But more than that, he is my brother, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Rouse. Welcome, Bo. Thank you, Bo. And I, I just hope, like Johnny Lawrence, I too can redeem myself. Yes. I hope we'll find I out. Mean, all those body bags. I, I gotta, I've got work to do. That's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Josh, welcome to one of our off format episodes. We call B sides, um, where we explore the media world be- beyond the horror genre today, specifically discussing the first YouTube, then Netflix, martial arts, nostalgia, spectacular, that of Cobra Kai. But I'm getting ahead of myself because here at the fear of God, we explore. We don't explain except for right now. When I explain that you can listen to the fear of God at your nearest podcast platform, you can watch the fear of God on YouTube and you can browse the fear of God on the web at the fear of where you will find episode archives and merchandise like cell phone cases, t-shirts, campaign buttons, face masks, magnets, pillows, bonsai trees, read bonsai. Play it. and ladies and gentlemen reed is holding up a strike for a strike hard no mercy that's right that's right i've got my bona fides no 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 no. you do i brought the i brought the t-shirt look i brought the t-shirt i got 1984 vintage right there we got the cobra kai all valley tournament everybody you're you're gonna i am you're gonna be on the governing board of eagle fang um, I'm ready for it. <laughs> meet, meet me at the park. <laughs> you know that's a very that's a very COVID safe place to have your uh you know your your training. Um, Johnny Lawrence gets it. He does. He, gets he does. <laughs> He's very up on modern stuff. Reed, Josh is here. Can you believe it? Hey, Josh, man, it's good to see you. It's good to Re- actually uh, have you as part of these conversations. It's man, exciting. I'm, I'm a guy. I'm excited. It's exciting to be here on uh, the B side. On a B side, B side. That's that's not that's special special treatment there. B side with A class talent. That's how we like to think of it. <laughs> hoping okay? for a, a, D, a D effort. That's what we're hoping. For. <laughs> <laughs> um, Minimal effort. So, Josh, we like to, with every new guest and and no exception for siblings, um, ask a couple questions. Uh, just to kind of get the juices flow and the conversational juices flow. And um, you, the reason, one primary reason you haven't been on before is you tend to not be much of a fan of the horror genre. So uh, a lot of times we would ask, hey, what got you into this? But pivoting that, sort of adapting that, I guess a question would be, you know, what are some of your favorite genre films or stories that impacted you? Or as you think back and it can be Wayne's world. I know that's going to pop into your brain, <laughs> you know, as you think to movies, you know, cause we're here celebrating nostalgia and media and pop culture. What are some landmarks for you um, that you'd say, Hey, this is the kind of stuff that really got me being a movie fan. Yeah. Good question. Blow. Uh, sure. Like, like any, anybody that grew up uh, in the eighties and, uh, then teenage years in the nineties, I mean, Star Wars obviously, um, was such a big influence. Uh, I remember running around with Star Wars underoos and, uh, Star Wars toys and Star Wars cakes, man, the Star Wars. In most of ways, we still do that. Yeah. I, I didn't say it. I stopped. Um, but yeah, still, <laughs> still do that. <laughs> 
uh, got two two boys of my own, so I thoroughly enjoyed uh, vicariously living through their Star Wars love. Uh, but but of course, anything I say anything most most I enjoy science fiction. Uh, I do enjoy. Hey, I adore a good comedy, and you jokingly reference Wayne's World, but. Um, there are, there are, there's a pantheon of comedies that in Wayne's world is up there for me. It just, it hit right time in my youth. And, uh, I, I still, to this day will sit and watch Wayne's world if it's on. Um, but then, you know, uh, things like Lord of the Rings, uh, of course the Marvel stuff, uh, my kids mm. are 15 and uh, almost 13. And so, uh, we thoroughly enjoy that as a family, which is great, uh, to be able to enjoy it and, uh, the, the boys love it too. So, well, you're in, you're in good company with all that list. Um, absolutely. Oh, I know. Uh, I know. You do. You do. <laughs> I'm just thrilled. You finally decided that the comic book characters were worth your energy. Um, like that well, time I found there, the, there's, doc, the, the Dr. Strange comic. I, yeah. of mine that you were reading or looking at the pictures rather. There's the problem um, with the illiteracy. I mean, that's, that's always been a problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now they're in picture form and you know, it's, it's good. Yeah. Visual, <laughs> the visual medium. Um, <laughs> that's right. A follow up that you can, uh, uh, make as silly, but maybe with a note of, of sincerity as you want, or as existential as you want other Josh, than uh, uh, carnies and nuclear war. What scares you? <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> what is something that scares you uh, good austin powers reference i, I should yes, mention uh, that in the last question of all people you get that yes yes of course um what scares me i have always been scared of the dark um because the dark represents the unknown and um you know it's funny i read a book a few years ago uh by barbara brown taylor i believe about learning mm. to walk in the dark yes and, uh, there you go it 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 really kind of lifted a lid for me in regards to the darkness and almost the taking the plunge like uh, Star Wars uh, nerd alert. When, when Ray dives into the, the, the hole in the last Jedi, whatever that yeah. thing is, mm-hmm. um, you just face it. Um, but I, I think the darkness has always been that, that fear that, you know, what's it? Um, you just don't know what's in there, what's out there. And so, um, I think that's always been a, a fear of mine is uh, just the things that go bump in the night. And, and, and as you, you grow and you, you know, you get a family and kids and uh, it, stuff happening to them. That's a, that's always going to be there. Um, as a Absolutely. Fear. Mm-hmm. So, well, maybe we'll make a horror fan out of you sometime soon. Hey, and now, know. now, you know, I, I can do a little bit of horror. You, you know, okay. this about me. I do a little, a, <laughs> Uh, every (laughs) once in a while, I enjoy a scary movie. Um, it's yeah, I, I, I tell you, is there one you would name as like, Hey, here's, here's either a recent favorite or just a historical favorite, uh, quiet place. I was, I was wondering if that was um, what you'd say. Quiet place is what came to mind when he said he does a little bit. Cause quiet place is so, we talked about this on our episode about it. Quiet Place is so accessible yeah. to a lot of people who don't traditionally like horror films because it's more about the family dynamic and the threat sort of against the family dynamic than it is just traditional horror, although it pushes all of the traditional horror buttons. So, yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bo, so much for sharing that. And, um, you know, speaking of sharing, we 
Josh, I, I think I prepped you for this. We we do most episodes what we call a whatcha, uh, what you're watching, what you're reading, what you're listening to. And we have a little jingle by uh, someone, Josh, that you will actually be familiar with. So, ladies and gentlemen, kicking us off for our first uh, whatcha jingle of 2021, it is the Island Family. What you watching? What you reading? What you listening to? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I intentionally wow. pushed for, to, for us to do what you're watching so I could play that for you, Josh. Um, <laughs> Josh knows Chase Allen and crew and uh, a long storied history there. Um, so, Reed, why don't you uh, start us off? What is something sure. that, uh, you know, you and I haven't talked for quite a while, at least in a recorded uh, fashion? What's something you've been absorbing in the off season? Sure, sure. So, um, 2020 has actually like torpedoed my typical reading habits. I used to read rather voraciously. Um, and then 2020, just by the nature of how it upended so many routines and had to create a bunch of new routines, um, I did not read very much in 2020. Um, and so 2021, I tried intentionally for these last few weeks to recalibrate and try to read a lot more. So one thing that I've literally just finished as of uh, just this week, I finally finished a book. Uh, listeners may recall if they heard me talk about the book uh, American Gospel by John Meacham. Mm-hmm. I so uh, positively responded to that book that I checked out another book by him called The Soul of America. Um, it's called the, the subtitle is The Battle for Our Better Angels. So this book, in brief, is kind of a sociological tracking of the history of presidential influence um, throughout times of crisis and times of uncertainty. Um, And it's really examining kind of, okay, well, what does the role of the president fulfill in American culture? Obviously, constitutionally, there's lots of conversations that could be had about like what powers he actually has. So the book really identifies, okay, well, how much credit really should go to presidents when they navigate times of crisis successfully? Um, how much blame should go to them when uh, times have have been disruptive uh, and everything. And it was an eye-opening, fascinating, honest, even-keeled, very, very, very helpful book. In fact, (laughs) um, had I read it in 2020, I would have been pushing it and recommending it even over American Gospel. I loved the book. Cool. Um, I've really, you know, I'm bought in on John Meacham, man. I think I'm going to seek out just some of the other sort of historical uh, texts that he has crafted over the years. I believe he's a Pulitzer Prize winner, though I can't remember uh, or or don't quite know exactly for what. I mean, he'd probably appreciate you saying that, regardless. You know, (laughs) yeah. So, so, (laughs) but um, but uh, but but yeah, the Soul of America is is an outstanding book. Um, I I, for time's sake, I'm not going to get into a lot of the specifics. It may come up in the course of you know, our conversations in the next few months, uh, just because of how much uh, I think it had valuable things to say. Uh, just speaking into our current climate, I should specify that it was it was written after the inauguration of President Trump. So it was very much sort of attuned to some of the current events and, and some of that conversation. And so with that mindset, it was a very refreshing, honest, and I think very helpful take on it. In fact, I almost pitched, and this will be my final statement on it, I almost pitched, I was like, if you're interested in reading something uh, that is 
actually not galvanized by a bunch of bias, but is actually trying to take an honest and scholarly look at the times and uh, where certain things can and can't be influenced. This is a really, really helpful book. So again, it's called The Soul of America by John Meacham, and I highly recommend it. Awesome. Thank you, Riri. Whoa. What's what's something you've been watching, reading, or listening to lately? Uh, Okay. Um, Watching, reading, or listening to. So uh, got got a book for Christmas by a guy named Shea Serrano. Um, you may know that name, yeah. maybe not. Well, yeah. it's called movies and other things. And, uh, it, Shay's just, I, I love the ringer. I love that website. And, um, he's one of their contributors and, uh, basically, uh, movies and other things. He just asks these random questions about movies that we all love. And one of the questions that just tickled me was he, he wrote about the rock. And the question is, will the movie be better, worse, or stay the same if you put the rock in it? Um, and, and the, the one That's that great. stuck with me was when he put the rock in the movie, um, my girl, the, the movie from the oh. 1980s <laughs> with, with Macaulay Culkin. And, uh, was it Anna? What does it? Oh, Anna. we should not, none of us should try this <laughs> as much as we're already Anna, failing. It's, it's that movie with Anna Abandoned C. Ship. Yeah. Anna C. And, Shlonsky. uh, Shlonsky? Yeah, sure. Shlotsky. Maybe. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Well, the Rock, the Noam Rock, pl- the Rock plays the role of Macaulay Culkin, who you, <laughs> who you know, uh, spoiler alert, um, has some trouble with some bees. Uh, yes. So anyway, indeed, uh, that was that's been a fun read so far. And then, uh, you know, I guess a serious read. Uh, it's a book called The Beautiful Resistance by a guy named John Tyson. He's a pastor in New York, and it's it's interesting. Mm. He takes he takes a look at kind of our current climate. And he goes and uh, uses Dietrich Bonhoeffer as, as kind of a, a compass in, in that it, when uh, the church in Germany uh, was, was spiraling toward Nazism and what was going on there and this nationalistic um, destruction that was happening, that Bonhoeffer pulls this group of folks and, and they start uh, basically going through the, the roots of, of what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. And, uh, but the book's called the, the beautiful mm. resistance and it's, it's fantastic. Um, you, awesome. s- you said what you're watching, what you're reading, what you, um, yeah, you're I, good. Say, Unless you got something else you want to offer. I was going to say one thing and, and Nathan, I have to ask you first, have you, have you seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> I've not seen Ted Lasso, but no. <laughs> so, so but, I had a friend recommend Ted Lasso. The joke about that is that our family, uh, as, as we've gotten to get, as we've tried to, uh, we, we love to poke fun. And when we find a way to poke fun, uh, we'll do that. And so Ted, the question of, have you watched incessant? Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah. I'll just randomly get texts Pervasive. from yeah. various have members watched, of the family. Have so have you seen Ted last time? I was like, no, y'all. And it, you're not really endearing is, me to it. <laughs> it is. It is phenomenal. I, I'm watching it a second time right now. So. Wow. So uh, I guess great things. you can answer yeah. that question with quite in the affirmative, Josh. I love, I love, with Te- gusto. I love Ted Lasso. I did watch the first one. <laughs> I watched the first episode, so I have seen that. Okay. Um, well, thank you for that. Uh, I got What a, about you? Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Reed. Um, <laughs> have you, I have got you, a book. Hey, have you seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> Reed, Reed, have you seen Ted Lasso? <laughs> Lord no, help me. No, this is totally going to become a thing now. Um, <laughs> you're not coming back. Um, so I did get a book for Christmas as well. Um, that was my first uh, uh, read of the year. 
Um, it's called All the Young Men by Ruth Coker Burks with Kevin Carr O'Leary. And the subtitle is A Memoir of Love, AIDS, and Chosen Family in the American South. And this is just a, uh, the, uh, I don't remember exactly where I saw the book, but the, the premise engaged me. Um, and I really wanted to read it. And it's about this woman, Ruth Coker Burks, who in, doggone it, I can't remember exactly where she was geographically, but, just was positioned at the right time in her own life to become caretaker. And she does not have a medical background or did not have a medical background, just had compassion uh, and the long suffering of Christ to drive her to become this steward and caretaker to all these men uh, suffering and dying of AIDS in the eighties and would uh, bury them and give them proper burials because no family member or society would take them. And it's, she just, I mean, it is a powerful, powerful story, uh, memoir, um, of that experience. And just really, uh, sort of like you read, there's going to be some notes that I, that impacted me from that text that will probably fuel, uh, uh, the weeks and months to come in our conversations. Um, but that's called all the young men by Ruth Kokerberg's very good book worth your time. And that has been the very first of 2021. What you watching, what you reading, what you listening to. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's awesome. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you, Island Clan. The Island, yes, the Island Clan. Uh, back at it. So we've got a pretty special episode today, Reed, uh, that you made a hard pitch for. And I'm going to get us oh, going. Yeah. And I'm going to let you, and then I'm going to hand the baton off to you. But I'm going to get us going with a bit of a, uh, a round robin question and answer time. Let me find my notes here. Oh, so... Fine. So Josh and Reed, I am going to just uh, uh, position two options to you in a sequence of questions. Um, you know, we can hang out and chat about it some as we want, but just kind of go with your impulse. Um, and there's going to be about a dozen of these uh, that I'm just going to ask right. you some questions that are going to cover the sweep of the Karate Kid franchise. So uh, to start us off, please. Uh, face me and bow and then uh, face each other and bow. Uh, do not hit each other in the head. Um, all right. So very first question of the Karate Kid round robin question is who is more grading Terry Silver or adult Daniel? Re read, read, man. Okay. So just, an answer. Daniel just an answer and then we'll get, then we can unpack it. Okay, gives him a run for his money, but I gotta go Terry Terry Silver on that. Okay, whoa, Terry Silver or Adult Daniel? Ah, uh, gosh, I'm I'm uh, I'm Reed. That's a tough one, though. That is a tough one. <laughs> adult Daniel. I mean, we're gonna are we gonna dive yeah. into this now? I mean, Adult Daniel. Woo. He uh, and I'll tell you, it's it's. I think it's the fact that he shares the screen with Terry Silver in the third movie that leads to this. Because oh, you know what? Yeah, he's he's third, the third third movie Daniel. He's awful. Woof. He's the villain. He's terrible. He is the villain yeah. of the third movie. <laughs> we went back and watched him, uh, and yeah, it's he's hard to stomach because every time he's on screen, man, he is complaining 
and whining and crying about a bonsai Bad. tree mm-hmm. or yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So your vote is finally who Josh, Terry or Daniel. Oh. <laughs> if you need, okay, well maybe I'll change it. Adult Daniel or karate kid three, Daniel. Or Terry Silver. <laughs> Karate Kid 3 Daniel is the worst. <laughs> he might be the worst. Yeah. 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 He's the worst. I, could, He's I could go with that. The worst of all He's of those. Terrible. Because at least Terry Silver, you're like, okay. He's, you're not even trying. Yeah. Yeah. You're not even trying to be like a real human. You are literally a cartoon. <laughs> he is. He's as Looney Tunes as that franchise gets. Honest to God. Yes. Yeah. All right. Next question. I'm going to start with you, Josh. Which is more your jam? You're the best around. Or the glory of love. Mm. All right, you 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 asked me my jam. Okay, the glory of love. I don't I don't equate with a jam. Um, okay, jam. Uh, you're the best around, man. It's got to be that one. That was actually featured recently on that Jeopardy uh, spinoff show, The Chase. You're the best around was a question mm. on that because no one's ever going to take you down. They aren't. No, they aren't. Mm-hmm. Read uh, best around or the glory of love. So. I follow mm-hmm. Josh's logic that if you're at, if the question is what's my jam, it's you're the best around because that's what's going to get me pumped. That's what's getting me energized. But my favorite of the two songs is "Glory of Love." So, so if you're asking me what my favorite of the two songs well, yeah, is, it's yeah. "Glory of I Love." I mean, yes, yes. Either either definitions work for jam. Uh, all right, all right, it's got to be right. jam because Jilly don't shake like that. Um, <laughs> so yes. I am going to, I agree with both of you on that one. Okay. Next question, Reed. I'm going to start with you. All right. Best use of a legacy love interest. Allie with an I or Kumiko with an O? You mean in Cobra Kai? Best use of best recurring yes, use? Yes. Just, yes. On Cobra Kai, best use of a legacy love interest. Why did you ask me this question that breaks my brain? Like, <laughs> Sorry, man. You're, you're supposed to break your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> or break that window I'm, when you punch through it. Oh, my God. I cannot decide. Just first in, this is, impulse. This is a draw. MP, in, no, this is a draw. It's a draw. Boo. Boo. Yeah, yeah sure. Boo, boo me off the stage. Boo me off the stage, bro. Get him out. Boo me off the stage, bro. It's, it's a draw. It's a draw. Sweep I'm the not leg, picking. Josh. Sweep the leg. I'm not picking. Allie with an I'm I, I pick. or Kumiko I, with an O. Um, it's <laughs> it's, it's got to be Allie with an I, man, because yeah. she... And, and now Kamiko, props to her. She really helps Daniel kind of find himself a little bit, but uh, Allie helps everybody kind of uh, come back into to, to orbit. And I, I I love what they do with her in that that role uh, for, for. Oh, that it's, it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's phenomenal. Yeah. The reason I couldn't the reason I couldn't pick is because you're not just asking me to pick between Allie and Kumiko. You're asking me to pick between the reconciliation of Johnny and Daniel or bringing Miyagi back for mm. some advice. Like, how do you pick between those two things? Like, because that's what each of them like I mean, provide life is, for him. Life is about making choices, like, Riri. <laughs> no, it's you know, not. This, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's both and. This, I include okay. and forgive, and it's Kumiko yeah, and it's Allie and with an forgive. I. Yes, yes, yes. See all of this. This. This moment yeah. is so wild to me that like my entire life is intersecting on this conversation because like <laughs> I have memories of listening to the Karate Kid 2 soundtrack in I and and the room Josh and I shared growing up on the cassette. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that's awesome. Yes. Peter Cetera, baby. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. so would you rather I'll start with you, Josh. Uh, would you rather 
uh, punch a wooden and metal karate dummy or chop through half a dozen ice blocks. Go. Ice blocks or dummies. It's got to be the ice blocks because of the moment that is and that, that, uh, that place, man, that's, that's even going back and watching karate kid Two. I've forgotten about that scene. And it, it brought me back to like thinking I was a, a, a big, big deal at whenever, I don't know, 10, whatever age I was when I first saw that. I was like, that is awesome. And it still was awesome. Yes. No, it's amazing. Great scene. Reed, same yeah. for you. It's ice, it's ice blocks. Ice yeah, blocks. It's ice blocks. You don't so, want to. Yeah. And I think you don't want to just, I think for the same reason, soak your hand in some, some green fizzy ointment after busting <laughs> up a, a dummy after being no, a dummy you. and busting up a dummy <laughs> no thank as you. instructed no, thank by you. a dummy you know, but wait a minute you, you we talked about daniel being the villain of the third one i was actually rooting for the dummy <laughs> <laughs> when is that guy gonna hit back <laughs> Just hey, come back. on yeah. <laughs> don't, right. take, don't take that crap from him you don't, so, you don't have to you weren't made for this <laughs> so, so uh listen what uh yes. be- before you, you move on you sir in the be- before you move Miyagi-Do on do i don't think karate gi. yes I don't think I heard your answer to the Alley versus Kumiko. I, I, nope. No, 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 no. no um, I don't think I heard your answer. You can draw with me. I did, but but I don't think I, you you got to go on the record with me if you're going to give me shade. That's that's tough. Uh, <laughs> I told you. I told you. American man who grew up in the '80s finds this a very difficult question. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the edge ever so slightly for how she functions in the narrative is Allie. Uh, but I would agree with that. Very, I would agree with that. Very close. Uh, cause, yeah. cause this romantics heart flutters in mm. the karate kid too. Uh, speaking oh, of the karate wonderful. kid too, we were reintroduced in Cobra Kai season three to the one and only chosen. So, uh, Reed starting with you karate kid okay. season three chosen. Is he the teacher Daniel needs or gone soft in his old age? Oh, he's the teacher Daniel needs. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, he's one hundred percent the teacher okay. Daniel needs. He is. He has. He has been anointed as the new Miyagi. That's strong. Full stop. That's End strong. of sentence. Uh, yeah, yeah. He that's is. Strong. Okay, he Josh, is do you have a challenge no, for chosen being anointed the new Miyagi? That's that's fighting words. Crank kicking. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him the new Miyagi, but doggone, he he helps our he helps our our poor Daniel son <laughs> figure some things out. Doggone it, and Daniel son. Needed to figure some things out, so uh, exactly I, I'm right. with Chosen Man, the, the the wise sage. So he's the teacher Daniel needs. All right, Josh. Yes, the teacher Daniel needs. Sorry, starting yes. with you. The next Karate Kid, or the Karate Kid 2010. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> The amount of thinking um, that has to be done there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Where's okay, pa- do you want to my- do you want to do you want to punt on that one and let Reed? Shoo, we uh, uh, the one the one thing that uh, gives me joy about that that twenty ten version. Yeah, was I do I do thoroughly enjoy Jackie Chan and I mean it's Will Smith's kid and. I don't know. Sure, that one. <laughs> Reed, you the the next Karate Kid or the Karate Kid twenty ten? It's it's no competition for me. I actually actively enjoy Karate Kid twenty ten, yeah. so that's that's the one that it is for yes. me. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, I do I, think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To to Josh's point, like I think Jackie Chan is a great 
Mr. Miyagi recast. I think he's I think he's wonderful in that role. I think he does a lot of great things with that role that are different from what Pat Morita brought to it. Um, I actively, I mean, nothing, especially in light of Cobra Kai, nothing touches the original in terms of like nostalgia and, and emotional impact. But the 2010 is a really solid remake, and I, I really but like it a lot. Give it time. Uh, oh, Jaden Smith's going to show up in Cobra Kai at some point. <laughs> oh man, I, 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 I mean, maybe it's, it's bound to happen. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Reed, starting with you, best Cobra Kai protagonist's kid, Robbie or Samantha? I'm going to go Robbie on this one. So I, okay. I, I, I like, Stop talking. I like Josh, Samantha a lot. Robbie yeah. or Samantha? Oof. I'll go Samantha. Look, look mm. at y'all. John's just working out perfectly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We're, we've got uh, one, two, three, four left, and then we're good. All right. Uh, Josh, starting with you. The LaRusso's other child, useful or useless? Oh, my gosh. That dude. <laughs> and he, like, doesn't even exist in half the show. He's either eating pancakes or he's no, playing he really, he really whatever video game. And then they're going to take the video game, and then he buys himself another one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's useless. I got no yeah. use for him. Reed, the other Lorizo kid. Useful or useless? I don't even know his name. A, a drooping bonsai tree would be more useful than the, <laughs> wow. than the LaRusso's second <laughs> at kid. Least, he is useless. At least that can be planted on the side of a, a mountain cave thing. G- uh, got a certain degree of uh, beauty to it. So, no, no, utterly useless. <laughs> utterly useless. Okay. Uh, I think I started with you on that one, Josh. Reed, starting with you. Uh, third from the end here. Crease flashbacks. Live or die? I'm not sure I understand the question. Um, you know, crease flashbacks. Well, I know what you're referring to. Live but what or do you die. Mean by live do you or like die? them or do you not like them? Oh, live no, or die. die. Kill them. Okay. I don't like them. Josh. Yeah. Crease flashbacks. Like Cobra Kai season three. Live or die, man. Uh, die. Honk. Honk. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time die. Josh, next to last here. Yes, sir. Best group brawl. The school fight or the LaRusso house fight? Mm, man, this is a good one. Uh, good question, I wasn't thinking Paul. about the um, laser tag fight, but uh, I, those Ooh, two yeah, are more no, signature. I, I, you, you picked the right ones. You picked the right ones. Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. Uh, the second, the first one from, I guess, the season two. It's the end of season two, right? Yes. The school brawl. So yep. that's not my answer. Hold on. I'm getting there. Um, sure. So that one, uh, fantastic in what it did. But my goodness, the last one takes place at Christmas time, and they take Carol the Bells and they put it in it with a little '80s uh, rock and roll. Oh, that was fun. Um, that's good. The other one, the first one, the first one where Miguel it just ends so sour. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take the Christmas fight. All right, read. I really dig Josh's thinking here. That's what makes this conversation so tough because I agree with every word out of Josh's mouth. I'm going to give the edge because I love big stakes in narratives. I love, love huge stakes. stakes. <laughs> I do. I love big stakes. But I love it. I love bold choices. I love risky choices. That school fight. I, I, I love that school fight. School fight's probably my favorite of the sequential fights in the whole series. I think it's really affecting. So, yeah, I'm going to go with school fight. Um, I, I think I'm going to give the edge to the LaRusso house fight one because, um, how do I frame this? The school brawl is great. Now what this show does, uh, in, in a way that is continually impressive is fight choreography and the way they shoot it. 
mean, it is very impressive. Yeah. Long tracking shots, well choreographed. Um, whether you buy that all these kids can do the things they're doing, I kind of buy it in the moment. <laughs> it's just fun and engaging. I think a reason I ding the season two ender a bit is simply because when Miguel gets hurt the way he does, you're like, well, that's not going to last. You know, it's, it is such a mm. TV moment or such a storytelling moment to like imperil to that degree. So it felt like, and maybe that's, I thought you were going to say because of Stingray's role in it. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that might be unfair to the, to the scene and I can, I could handle that. But also I just think the LaRusso house fight proved they could do it again and, and vary it up and switch it up and even still have great character stakes involved. So I'm going to give the edge to the LaRusso house fight. All right. Last one here. Um, Josh, I'll start with you. Uh, funniest sequence in season three, Johnny Facebook photo shoot or Johnny Facebook photo shoot. Go. <laughs> That's a difficult choice. Um, a difficult choice. Yeah. Johnny's Facebook photo shoot. What I love about that scene is Miguel. Oh, you know, is, or is Johnny calls him Diaz. Um, because he is so, you know, rarely do we have someone in real life who, as we're making stupid choices, can be like, that's stupid. And what you're doing is dumb. <laughs> right. And you right. don't need to do that. And Miguel is that person for him. And I, I love that scene. And, and you know, essentially he's like, you don't, don't do that. Don't, don't put that up there. So I, well, it, I'm maybe, referring specifically to guy. when they're actually oh, shooting, so shooting the, the shots. Pictures. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, uh, I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, it's it was it's, it's all so great. funny. It's, it's so funny. Yes, because we know people that do. Oh my such god! Yeah. Things. Um, I did want to just notate real quick and then read. I'll I'll hand off to you for whatever might be next. Um, some other great Johnny moments in season three, at least. I mean, the man googles the phrase "how to make legs work again." <laughs> I mean, my gosh, that's hilarious! I love. And then he makes I, them work again. Yes, he does. From webbed, does it from webbed? Webbed. I love when they're uh, troubleshooting names for the new dojo, and he says, uh, uh, "What does he say? Cobra Kai karate?" And he's like, "Like KKK? Yeah. We could call it uh, Triple K." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last one. Well, there's two others here, but Johnny confronts the kids at the high school. And then as he's leaving, he knocks the little kids books out of his hands. And he says, sorry, kid, old habit. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just great. the last one I have here is Johnny defining what a swirly is at the committee meeting. It's when you dunk a kid's head in the toilet and flush it. It's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> he was proud of himself for that, too. That's what you love. He knew it. I know it, Alex. What is? <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for indulging the round robin questions of uh, the Cobra Kai and Karate Kid franchise. Reed, what's where you want to go? So here's so I wanted to uh, before we end this sort of like yeah. energy around it. I have I have kind of three okay. that I'd like to just throw throw out on the table um, because I noticed uh, somewhat with a, a savvy nature how you by virtue of asking the questions, did not get to answer the questions some oh, of the time. So okay. I, I got you. I got your number, Nathan well, that, Mouse. Okay. Um, but, You're reading way too much into that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. I was just teasing. But, I was just um, being the ref. So so uh, three questions. Okay. First up, you can, you can have a moment to think about it if you want to. So um, the first question is, if you, me, Nathan and Josh Rouse, each, each of you, if you had to choose 
a sensei from the entirety of the Karate Kid franchise. Any age, any era, anything, who would be your sensei in real life? This is you, not right. You know your affection. If, if you had to pick a dojo and you had to pick your sensei, who would you choose? I mean, I'm, gonna come, I'm gonna come to you first, Nathan. All right, it's it's the first film Miyagi. I mean, just first film Miyagi. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's just you know, if you're asking what seems like a sincere question, like in real life, who would you oh, like is. to Absolutely, sort of yeah. you know learn at the feet of? It's not. Uh, episode three or you know film three uh miyagi who becomes a bit of a caricature uh just tossing right, off right you know ancient japanese he should have gotten an academy award for putting up with uh larusso in that movie though oh my gosh it did it's terrible but they already gave him one for the first one so they just did they they? couldn't do it did again. he win for that did he win he won he won supporting actor for the first karate kid wow yeah. wow yeah well josh answers and, that i'm gonna well done reed <laughs> Pat Morita even credited that the reason he thought he got the Oscar is because of the scene where he gets so emotional about remembering the internment camp because it's such a like it's a pivot away from the whole karate sort of ideology thing and really humanizes that character in a way the show didn't have to do. And um, and so this was Morita's take on it. But Morita just felt like I think that's the scene that won me the Oscar. Now, yeah, to clarify, I, I may have misheard you. He got nominated. But I don't think he won. Received, uh, his, he only received his first and only Oscar nomination for the role. Yes, lose, oh, losing no, no, no. to yeah, yeah, this yeah. other was, person for the Killing Fields. But nonetheless, I did not oh, know he even got nominated. Yeah, not, so that's awesome. But nominated. I actually had thought he had won. But no, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, Point, Nathan. So yeah, I wouldn't go for that 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 version. Point, Nathan. Um. So, uh, Josh. Josh. Uh, yeah. well, Who's your sense? Yeah. It's. I mean, it's, it's got to. <laughs> yes, Terry Silver. Okay, it's so yeah. It's got to be it's got to be Miyagi um, because he's such a beautiful human being, um, just a wonderful man. But <laughs> I'll say this: that I have had some coaches, I have had some people in my life that um, motivated me in in Johnny Lawrence ways, um, <laughs> and uh, I've got a fifteen year old right now who uh, uh, I'll, I'll maybe get to a little bit later, but. But he was funny in, in us watching it, and, and he he responded a little bit to Johnny, you know, in the, uh, you know, Johnny kind of challenging uh, who these kids were. Um, so I, it's it's obviously Miyagi, but you know, I just I love what they are doing with Johnny, uh, yeah. in this this series. But when I'm, I figure we'll get to that, but. No, no, we will. Yeah, momentarily. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna select for myself because obviously the easy choice, not that it's it's it, it, the obvious choice, I should say, is Miyagi first Karate Kid. But I am actually I actually thought about this. The reason that I want this question is because I would pick Cobra Kai episode five chosen as my sensei, and the reason very specifically is because that came through loud carries, and clear earlier. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> but the reason is because. He carries with him a little bit of the former aggression from the Johnny side of things. He knows what it's like to be on that side of the fence, which I don't get the impression Miyagi does. So he understands what it's like to feel that, but has been humbled and regained his honor over time. So I imagine there's not that Miyagi's not wise, because good Lord, all props to Miyagi. 
but there's probably some very specific things about coming out of that anger and bitterness that I don't know specifically if Miyagi would have to offer in training. And so that's something that I was like, I really connected very strongly to Chosen. So if I'm picking a sensei for myself, I'm going to be like, I want to go to Okinawa. I want to spend some time at the feet of newly, uh, you know, reformed Chosen and all that he had to learn and teach me. Um, so my next question is, and you can take it, you can take a second to think about it. I'm going to give you three is enough, or if you can't decide, you can go up to five. So between three and five, build for me your all-Valley roster for the 2021 championship. Of any characters, any timeline, anywhere in the Karate Kid franchise, build for me your all-Valley roster competing in 2021. Now, if you need a minute, because that's a big question, like I said, you can have... Just pick at least three, or you can go up to five if there's some people you can't decide on. But if you need a moment, I'll give you mine, but I'll defer to you if if you have somebody off the cuff. Do you need me to go first? Um, no, because you're you you knew the question, and so have it ready. I want I don't want to be tainted by your answer. Um, all right, all right. <clears throat> Josh, do you have, do you want to uh, jump you, in? You did say from the whole universe, right? That. It, it can be from the entire universe. You can blend timelines. You can blend <clears throat> ages of characters. Anything. Build me your all valley roster. Okay. Uh, well, you got to get Daniel. I mean, you know, not not old Daniel, but young young karate champ Daniel. Right. Um, right. It, hold on now. 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 Not like no Miyagi. Right. We can't. We never saw Miyagi in that gotcha. age. Okay. So you can. Okay. Yeah, it's for yeah. the so all valley, be, Josh. Come on. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, so, so it's not all yeah, ages. So, <laughs> I should specify. I should specify that Miyagi and Crease are off the, off table, the table because we've only seen them as adults. Okay. Yeah, and and, and so okay. Yeah. okay. So Daniel, uh, Johnny Lawrence, uh, I'll go uh, now. Can chosen? Can he come or, or is he not allowed? He can. Yeah, I mean because we saw him at that age. He'll probably Absolutely. get disqualified because he, he wants to kill people. Um, <laughs> and uh, that would give me uh, a couple more. Let's see, it's three. That's three. Yeah, that's three. Uh, so you can throw I, I, two me, more me, in there if you want. Can I? I'll throw one. I'm going to take I'll, all of them. Oh, sorry. Oh, we get. That's okay. We're still on here. Oh, I didn't realize that. Sorry. <laughs> no, you good. can do anywhere from three to five. <laughs> it wasn't a draft. Well, I got to do good. one of the new teenagers. I got to <laughs> yeah. do. Give me. Yeah, no draft. So you can pick two, Nathan. That's okay. Uh, Miguel, give me Miguel. I love that dude. Okay. All right. And all he right. winks at Daniel and then does the crane kick. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, boy. That was that was so badass. It was great. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Karate Kid One Johnny. Okay. Because he's got, he's impressionable, but he's got the aggression too. It's it's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He can be. He could have been a force for good. Um, I'm gonna go with a little representation here and pick Sam. All right. Um, please, please say Allie. <laughs> I mean, she's the one that she punches Johnny in the face. That's true. That's true. After the after the boombox. Um I think I'll as my I feel like I'm I feel like if I shut out Daniel completely, that feels anathema to the whole enterprise. But um <laughs> I'll go Miguel, my third. I'll limit myself to three. So Miguel, Sam, okay, and young Johnny. 
we're we're all thinking along similar wavelengths. So so, so my roster was going to include uh, Miguel Diaz was going to be sort of my front runner. He's he's my pitch for champion. Um, I was going to take Karate Kid One era Johnny. Um, I was. <laughs> I'm I sensing was a theme amongst all of us about poor Daniel. <laughs> I was like, I mean, dude, dude, dude that's, you know that's right. I uh, I also was gonna again for somewhat representation's sake, I was going to pick Aisha because I think she just didn't get the play that she deserved. I think she's a fighter and a scrapper, and I think she she deserves another chance on the mat. So I was going to pick Aisha for my for my roster. Um, and what, and then what I was, she did to Yaz, I mean, that was you know, it was pretty. She's, that was she's pretty tough. volcanic. I wouldn't. Mess with her. She's she's tough. She's tough. <laughs> she will hit you where it hurts. So um, and uh, then I was going to throw Hawk on there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh! and yeah. And so, <laughs> um, and I think, I, I, I think, yeah, just to, to, to round it out, I'll go ahead and add Daniel to my roster. Uh, now, I'll pivot away. can we invert the question and who is your, who is your, you know, also Rans, who are your husbands? Your, your, who's my bench? Cause, cause Daniel credit <laughs> three is on that list. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding no kidding no uh i mean i wish i could give some more love to dimitri i think maybe as the show progresses i think he might come into his own as the kind of neville longbottom of the cobra Kai series yeah but um but but yeah i, I think dimitri is just kind of coming into his own not from what necessarily we've seen automatically but i think dimitri's got some fire in him that we're going to see uh come out in in the coming season reed let me ask you this because so, i want to I want to uh, camp out here for a second. If if you're not going there at all, is any of yep. where you're going to lead us have to do with credit at three? Not much. Not okay. me specifically. No. Well, let's talk about this for a second. Cause it's not in my interest to like, like, you know, there's, there's little to zero world where any of these people are going to listen to this, but the, so what I'm going to comment on is the direction in credit at three. Cause if you notice the Josh, I don't know if you've noticed this, it's the same creative team for those first three films. Yes. But that third, like I rewatched that recently and whoever greenlit Ralph Macchio's performance in that, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It is wildly hard to watch. And, and he's a, he's a bonsai in need of pruning. He, no kidding. A, that is one Great way to put it. Instead, he Great just analogy. yanks it right out of the cliffside. Again, <laughs> <it> again, <laughs> right, right. Anyway, point being, it's just it was wild to me in watching that to realize how it is the exact same creative team because it would feel it feels like they just farmed it out. They just needed a third entry and just farmed it out, but but it's not, and it just kind of blows my mind. I do think, and I didn't look up the history of it to know this concretely, but I think by the way it feels. I think it probably would be fair to say that the spark had gone out from each of the creative members in trying to further this story. I think the only interesting thing about it, and and it is its biggest mistake, is saying, well, what would happen if Daniel became a Cobra Kai? Right, right. And and that, on paper and in a writing room, is very interesting. Well, how does that shake up the narrative? And then, in point of fact, I remember our, our Nathan, you're and my mutual professor, Keith, saying that sometimes the creative teams make bold choices and then suddenly they prove they make bold choices to say, Oh, they think we'll never be able to do this. And then all they prove is that it, they shouldn't have done it. <laughs> sure. Know? And, uh, and that, and that may be the case with karate kid part three, whereas it's like, yeah, you're trying to do something a bit bold and different, which kudos for that. But maybe all you did was successfully prove that this is not a direction in which this show or this franchise should have headed. Um, well, and, so, and- yeah. We keep ribbing it and it deserves it, but, uh, 
I, my mind is blown by how much rope they let the actor playing Terry Silver have. Like, it's astonishing. Pretty wild. Just how cartoonish that performance is. He's like a professional Um, wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yes. While everyone else is at least attempting (laughs) their version of Shakespeare, you know. (laughs) Well, what's interesting about that movie, and and all three of them actually, is they're all uh, chronologically like bam, bam, bam. Yeah, that's they all happen so, within a year of each other. Yeah, yeah, because that's the no. next tournament. Oh, you mean the oh, you mean the in universe? Yeah, yeah. I, I think yes. I'm right on mm-hmm. this. I think that next tournament in three is the next year. It right. is. Um, yeah, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. But because that the, film begins with their return from returning from Okinawa. Okinawa. Yeah. But what's so interesting is that's <clears> the first movie I notice it. I think Daniel was 23 in the first film. I think I, if I, I looked that up a while back. I don't. I may be wrong about that, but that's the three is the first film where he actually looks like he's aged out of the part. Um, but that's the first one that the I, third I film? really struggled yes, with. Absolutely, the third film. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I I wholeheartedly agree, and and that's why it's like it's not really of it's not really of tremendous. This is a mean thing to say, or or a harsh thing to say. But it's not really of incredible value to revisit that third series. I mean, like, like honestly, part of me is a little perturbed, although I trust the showrunners of Cobra Kai enough that I'll be very curious to see what they do with this. But if they really are going to the Terry Silver connecting point, like part of me is a little frustrated by that because I feel like they've already kind of given lip service a couple of times. They gave lip service when... Daniel revealed that he was a member of Cobra Kai and then also the lesson about not losing to fear that Sam learns. So those are good. Those are those are gleaming what is valuable about that movie and recontextualizing it in a way that actually works. I hope that they don't like dig hard in on the Terry Silver thing for season four of Cobra Kai. But again, I trust these writers. Their instincts have been really on point up till now. So I'm just hoping that that's, <laughs> they're going uh, to have, they're going to have him out. And first day of shooting is like, okay, so, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever that was, we, we found your performance a little subdued. Will you just <laughs> dial it up a little bit? <laughs> Get it on steroids. will you? Yeah. 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 Go bigger. So, um, Riri, what else? So the last, the last question that I had, which will hopefully be a little simpler is again, entire in universe, uh, you've got your roster and let's say the championship battle is on the line, which of all of the like big moves is going to finish the fight for you, which, which of the big moves uh, of any of the big for final... my team, not for me yeah, personally. For your, like I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. For your team, which of your big finishers is going to conclude your uh, All Valley Championship? I think I've come to you first a couple of times, Nathan. So, Josh, I'll let you go first, unless you need a moment to think about it. Do, do can we include the the moves that Chosen taught Daniel? In Absolutely. The third. Yeah. I I love that one. I think that's it for me. Uh, you know. Uh, that that was such a, a neat, neat way to do that, um, you know, to render crease 
uh, helpless. I absolutely, love that. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and I'll go ahead, Nathan. I'm going to give you a chance to answer, but like Kanye, I'm going to swoop in and just like just sort of steal it from you. Um, but uh, that's my answer as well. My finishing move is going to be the you know pressure points because again, chosen's my se- my sensei, but um, that's going to be the <laughs> the the pressure points that that end it all. Take- shining armor. That's right. From a long time ago. So uh, take away his ability to wage war. That is that that was a big deal to me. So that's going to be my finishing move. What do you what say you, Rouse? Uh, my impulse is to go crane kick, but I'm going to think I'm going to land on liver die. Mm. Mm, liver die. Mm. Mm. That one's good. That one's Wrong. Really, not really not, good one. not the drum punch where you just kind of swing your them. arms. I honestly doing, love them all. I was just trying doing to. the Carlton. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's yeah. the Carlton as a karate move is what that is. What is so funny is rewatching, rewatching that one. Like, I love the iconography. I love the visual metaphor of the drum, the, the drum punch and the little drum item, little instrument thing. But even the way that one is framed when Daniel finally executes it, it's like from the, from the chest up, like you can't even really tell what he's doing. It's like, okay, right. whatever. No, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. just going with it <laughs> just going with it. so funny note is when we were when we were watching that um the the and now i i had always interpreted it this way um but there was a, a question on the table when we first when we rewatched karate kid 2 of like wait are they just cheering him on with that drum beat or are they actually sort of invoking hey use this technique and i was like i think it's pretty i think it's pretty uh much that they're like invoking do this technique not just like hey we're behind you you can do it i think they're saying like hey use the back and forth drum technique to to yeah. stop him um and uh so anyway just just a little note on the table um okay so now for the next like you know 30 to 45 minutes or so that we have for the conversation uh maybe for the next 15 to 20 of that um i want to invite and we'll we'll kind of do this in 5 to 10 minute segments um, I'm going to invite each of us to just share our general thoughts about season one and or season two. So I don't I don't have any deliberate interest in shortchanging those seasons because I think they're great storytelling. But in general, share a few moments each of us about your thoughts on season one and two. And I want to lead with asking very specifically how you came to enjoy the show. Did was it Finally, when it hit Netflix, did you watch it on YouTube? What was your intersection of the show's existence and 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 all that kind of stuff? So, Josh, I'm going to go to you first, but sort of uh, you know lead in by telling us how you came acquainted with the show in general. Did you watch it from the beginning or not? And then just share whatever thoughts you want to about your loves or whatever, uh, even dislikes if you need to about season one and two, kind of as a whole. So, take the floor, Josh. Okay, we'll do. Um, <clears throat> I kind of became aware of the show. Um, I, at the time I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast, who's a sports, sports guy who does the ringer website. And, and, um, uh, but he was mentioning it watching with his kids. Now Simmons is a little more permissive with his kids than I am. And at the time, um, I thought, okay, you know, we were kind of looking for a family show to oh, watch. Right. And so I, <laughs> we still do the, the Netflix, uh, rent a DVD. Uh, send one back DVD oh, when, I, sure. when, I, yeah. when I'm not mooching from others, um, my Netflix account. But uh, <laughs> so I rented uh, that first season when it was on YouTube. So the first, whatever, three come on a disc or something like that. Yes. So right. Mm-hmm. We started watching with my, he might have been 10 at the time. 
and we get about 30, 15 minutes in and my wife's like, eh, we might need to turn. Um, so yeah. we, we kind of tabled it uh, after that. But then when it went to Netflix, uh, we jumped back in. And so my wife and I watched through it um, the first two seasons that way. And what my feelings toward those first two seasons are just, um, you know, in an age of nostalgia, television and, and movies, you know, everything's getting a reboot these Absolutely. days. And so yeah. I've kind of learned to, to I kind of give that a side eye, like mm, you're going to have to impress me. Um, Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so what I love about this show is it's got the, it's got all the nostalgia. I mean, we've spent the first however long talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got, it's got some meat to it. Um, which, you know, rare do you find a combination of, you know, that, that nostalgic that brings me back to being 10 years old, but then at the same time, I'm able to see, you know, this world through Johnny's eyes. Um, right. And, and right. that's one of the things I've loved about the, I loved about the first two seasons. Uh, you keep wanting Daniel and Johnny to kiss and make up. Mm-hmm. But life doesn't always work like that. Um, and, and so watching them, you know, they, they take two, they take two steps forward and then three steps back. That's what happens when opposites attract. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> they keep, it, it's, this, it's, there it is. Yeah. They, but they keep, they keep doing that. And, and if finally I get the point where I'm like, good gracious, just be friends already. You know, it's like what, what's common and unites them is much more than, than what's dividing them. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that in the first two uh, seasons, just watching them get close and then back and then close and then back. Right, and right. Um, like the scene where they're in the bar reminiscing. Um, I love that scene. And, and Daniel takes him back to his old stomping grounds and um, just, a, just a neat thing, them coming to some, some common ground and mm-hmm. some common understanding. Uh, it's, it's just so cool to see. They did that very well. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I'll, uh, I want to yield Nathan. You can go ahead and answer the same question. And then, uh, well, actually here's the funny thing is I was going to yield, yield. (laughs) I was going to yield for deference sake, but so many of my thoughts are extensions of what Josh just said. Do you mind? I just don't want to be rude to you, but, but I'll, (laughs) I know there it is. There it is. Everybody welcome back to the fear of God. (laughs) Um, so, um, so no, but like, I just want to, piggyback off what Josh said like I couldn't agree more now I watched we paid for YouTube premium when the first season dropped like and admittedly like we didn't maintain the the service sort of after we had watched it but when ver- when both season 1 and season 2 came out paid money down to like rent and watch the the seasons as they came out um so so we were pretty current with it and I remember specific to the part that you talked about nostalgia one of, I think, the brilliant, there, there's a few brilliant things that the show did from its concept. First up, it, its brilliance was in showing us and, and helping us to sympathize with Johnny in general, uh, allowing us to sympathize with who Johnny is and see things from his perspective. That was brilliance number one. Brilliance number two was in not making Daniel just the opposite antagonist. Daniel has some moments where you're really like, "Oh my god, man, like like shut up." But season 3, I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, movie 3, the third movie. No, absolutely. But in the show, you root for Daniel as well. 
because he's a gen- he's a he's a genuinely good guy who like Johnny just sometimes can't get out of his own way and the misunderstandings sort of flower to the degree that like you want so badly to step in and referee these these guys and be like listen no you don't realize that like this is what happened and this is the puzzle piece you're missing but you're jumping to a conclusion and it's like it does make you think Josh about like how much life is like that and how many misunderstandings balloon out of control because people proceed from indefinite presumptions that may or may not be based in accurate reality, but they act on it and then things escalate from there. And I thought that was brilliant. The other thing that I think is brilliant from the nostalgia piece of it. So the entire show, I can summarize my feelings about season one and two is like, this is a show that leverages nostalgia to promote strong character work. And so there are the cheesy little moments that I think are cute and and funny, like uh, when he's like, Daniel LaRusso's going to coach? Daniel LaRusso's going to coach? You know, like <laughs> those are just fun little winks. But most of the things, like you mentioned, the, the moment in the bar or their conversations about Allie before season three when she actually shows back up, like all of those things are rooted in how do we progress these characters forward? How do we learn more about them, who they are, what drives them, what holds them back? And so they've really, I don't know if these are conversations in the writer's room or if it's just something instinctive in the crafting of the scripts, where they they approach the opportunity to incorporate things uh, from a nostalgic perspective that it's like, oh, this is great because this is a callback to this, but we're going to use it to push the story forward. Best example of that that I can think of in terms of leveraging nostalgia is when uh, Daniel reveals to his Miyagi-Do students that he was a member of Cobra Kai. So bringing that up is not merely a, see, we watched Karate Kid 3 moment. He uses it to say anybody can change because it, that is an integral theme of the show. And so that's a moment that that they bring up for the sake of pushing forward character beats and character dynamics. And that's a really, that's a wonderful thing that the show has firmly in its grasp. It also, uh, and I think this will be my final statement before I pivot over to Nathan on his thoughts, is I think the show has some really profound instincts about when to pay off certain moments. Like every episode doesn't end with a big shocker or even a big fight. They have like two or three big fight moments in each season. And I think they've got great instincts about how to pace those out, layer up narratively how they progress to get us to that point, and then pay off with a really big fight sequence to, you know, what what uh, we've already said uh, is is shot really wonderfully. These uh, Most of these actors, if not all of these actors, uh, the high school kids are trained in martial arts uh several of them are black belts so the camera is able to like pan back and be able to say like oh yeah we can just watch these people go with this very skilled choreography and it's going to look really impressive and the character dynamics are going to be really strong and it's just great it's just it's just great all the way around so um that's my that's my piece on it nathan go ahead uh your history with it and your thoughts on first two seasons uh well, I do want to tell a funny story here about the pacing, which I agree with you is is pretty pretty impressive. Um, the pacing is pretty impressive. Um, uh, my wife, who did not watch seasons one or two with me, New Year's Day. So, in 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 this in the interest of honesty here, I watched it New Year's Day, and I've just taken a few drips and drabs again since then. Uh, so a little bit of distance there, but she won. Uh, I, 
I retreated that morning to go watch the first two episodes. And she's like, oh, are you done? It's like, well, come on. Yeah, I'm not going to be that dad. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm done for now. Well, then that night, our kids were staying with um, my parents. And I just started back into it at like 730. And, you know, got about three or four more in. And she's like, well, why aren't you going to finish it? I, I don't know. I hadn't actually thought about watching the entire thing in one day. but. I mean, okay, you know, so finished it. Well, she joined me for that second half. And it really was funny again, getting back to the pacing here. I do love how it isn't just each season refresh for the all Valley. Um, and they skip it entirely. So the end of three that props up what is clearly going to become training next season for the all Valley. So when the, uh, crease, Johnny, you know, Daniel, the, the little shot, the little conflict that happens right there in the finale, um, that resolves in, Hey, we're going to take this to the all Valley. My wife, as it's ending, she's like, well, what about the tournament? I said, what, what do you mean? What about the tournament? <laughs> do, do you not get that's all they're setting out? Like that's next season. She, she was, <laughs> that's season four. didn't love that. We didn't have the tournament right then. Um, oh. My, you know, like I said, we in our home were, were weaned on those, at least those first two films, um, you know, have a grand disposition towards liking it all was skeptical, admittedly, when this was rebooting for similar reasons, Josh outlined. And it was my fear of God co-host uh, who's just slavish devotion <laughs> and 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 rabid frothing about his enjoyment of it. I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's get a little Cobra Kai thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I did not venture the YouTube route, but once it finally hit Netflix and I was looking just for something, things I just love. We joke about it. It's short. Man, mm. everything. Like, I'm not saying I can't dig on a, a 45 to an hour long TV show these days. I do it a lot, but dead gum. The the amount of goodwill I have for just the fact that it's typically 30 minutes or less is extremely high and gives it great grace from me. So there's that. Um, I just loved out of the gate, not really thinking about it that it's going to center on Johnny. So so even just that reveal from Go was very. Uh, uh, just refreshing and you realize, oh, well, this is a smart angle. And, you know, we alluded to it earlier, as much as I love the nostalgia stoking and, you know, kind of what they literally do with the character Johnny, like in the narrative, it's hysterical. I mean, it is some of the jokes and payoffs are some of the funniest comedic TV I've watched in a long time. It's just nice to sit down and literally laugh out loud at some of what transpires in the show. Um, you know, to your point, Josh, I'm past this now, but I didn't love that. Whereas the original films at least felt more family friendly. Mm -hmm. This really isn't quite that. I mean, it right with, with old enough teenagers and, and kind of that, sort of material in the air already you could do it and it'd be fine but as just an entry point hey let's watch this as a family show it, it definitely pushes those boundaries and this is just a limitation of budget and whatever there is something mythic about the first karate kid film and just the style and the cinematography for taking what is a pretty pedestrian story and elevating it to something real cinematic that you do lose a little bit in the soap operatic aspect and the, the, just the 
you know, the whatever camera they're shooting on or whatever. You know, it's it's just not exactly the same. And but those are really small kind of nitpicks in an otherwise just immensely enjoyable show. So yeah, I mean I, I, I I'm I'm in it, man. Dragon, uh, <laughs> Eagle uh, Fang. Nathan, the yes. the you'd mentioned the the family friendliness. I'd mentioned wanting to watch it as a family that we we push pause on that, but we have since gone back and let uh, our 15 year old watch it. Um, and he, he loves it. Um, yeah. and, and you know, they, they've, they've, they've been schooled in the movies. Um, and, and even my, my 12 year old who'd be 13 coming up in May, he was like, when do I get to watch it? And I was like, well, probably this summer, you know, we'll, we'll watch it together. Um, but one thing, and, and I'll ask both of you this, I'm sorry if I'm commandeering here. For no, a please, by all means. No. Yeah. So great. Johnny is such a refreshing character to mm-hmm. me because he's he's almost a man without time you know that or that time is forgotten who you know is trying to get his his uh his wireless uh computer <laughs> <to work. laughs> and, and his webbed as you said earlier read but you know even in his uh his delivery toward these kids uh you know he calls them names he uh, you know, very un PC names, um, quite often. And, you know, what, what I love is they make that character, you're not questioning his motives and you're not questioning, like, you kind of get his heart coming through there. And I, I love that in a day where, and I'm not, I'm, this is in no way a, a, uh, political statement, but I do appreciate that we can appreciate a character like that mm-hmm. in a day where if he was a real person, we might have a different response to him, right? Um, right. You know, for for the way he he addresses them. So that to me speaks even more so to that that storytelling that you know we kind of touched on here is that they've made a kind of unlikable character very very likable. Oh, absolutely. He's the heart and soul of the show. Like yes. I think I think there's no doubt that wherever the show goes from here. It will center very much around like the the arc is Johnny Lawrence. Yes, we get a lot of great Daniel stuff. Daniel is integral to everything that's happening. But this is Johnny Lawrence's story. We are we're following who he is and who he's becoming. And I love what you what you mean about like these these rough edges would be so easy because it would be so, so easy. For the show to be like, well, we really need you to be on his side. So in order to be on his side, we need to make him so misunderstood that he's just not going to do those same things anymore and not going to be. No, he is every bit (laughs) the guy from Karate Kid 1. He just he just has a heart that we never got to see in the first movie because we and the only time we saw it in the first movie is the seconds after Johnny won or after Daniel won when Johnny brings him the trophy. That's the only time we ever got to see that. And then, of course, it was all squashed by Crease, you know, moments after the tournament in the beginning of Karate Kid 2. But um, but I think getting to see him come this way, like, I, I love so much. Like, he's a, he's a man who carries around a lot of anger. He carries around a lot of disappointment, um, even a, a, a pretty decent degree of bitterness because he came from money and now he's living in freaking Reseda in like a, you know, f- you know, this little flop townhouse. And so uh, I, I do feel like they, they do some great things with that. And then one of the probably the most brilliant things that the show does, but it's centered around the character of Johnny Lawrence, is how they can take 
what was ostensibly in the films just a villainous, monstrous thing in the dojo of Cobra Kai and show what it might have meant to a kid who desperately needed some of that kind of input. And we really see what, and I mean, I know, and maybe I'll bleep some of this when I actually broadcast the episode, but like there is a certain degree to where one of the themes of the show is being a badass doesn't mean being an asshole. And that's a lesson that Johnny has to come and learn. That's something that, that he has to sort of step into, that there's a difference in that. There's a difference in being strong and being tough and and knowing how to hold your own and being this aggressor and being somebody who just constantly sort of like, you know, uh, pushes. And and we have it now. What what I'm my, if I had a concern for this conversation, it's that we're starting to sort of edge the uh, the depths of some theme here, which I think is great. But we haven't really talked a significant amount about the the beats of season three. So what I think I'd like to do at this moment is rather we, we don't have the time, nor do I have the strong desire to go through like beat by beat for for all of season three. But I haven't given Nathan a chance to answer or respond to your question. So what I'm going to do is sort of like, uh, yes, and you, Josh, and say like, Nathan, obviously respond to Josh, but maybe sort of respond to season three as a whole, like some of what you liked, disliked uh, any like like sort of building from what he's laid out for us there in the character of Johnny Lawrence and just take us into season three and through season three with anything else that you may have. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I I like the way the conversation is heading and and we can get didactic if we want to, but um, I, I think one of the strengths of the show and what beyond just a down on his luck uh, with good comedic zingers, Johnny brings that happens late in season one that turns the dial from amusing, you know, kind of before bed watching a show dalliance, like, Oh, I'm going to decompress with some Cobra guy. What turns it from just that sort of shallowness to something really interesting and worthwhile is as you alluded to read that. And, and Josh, you propped up of, you have this character, Johnny, whose influences were so toxic that he 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 kind of broke under the weight of that toxicity, but it still is kind of part of him who then has skin in the game with Robbie and mm-hmm. where where his where the Cobra Kai edicts of no mercy meet the real world of of love and compassion for someone you love and have compassion towards, you know? And I think that was what was a really powerful turn late in the, yeah, it's at the end of season one, right? The all Valley with, or yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The actual, the actual tournament where, uh, does Miguel break his arm or threaten to break his arm? You know, something, something happens that, like talk. that okay. Well, well, so what's your, so what's your blending at the end of season one, Miguel wins the all Valley, but, right. but Robbie is hurt and yes. they, and Cobra Kai capitalizes. I don't think anything's broken, but Cobra Kai like capitalizes. Yes. But it. there's a moment yeah. where Miguel yanks on his arm. Yes. Oh, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So yeah. point his being injury. Yeah. Yes. Point being the, the no mercy. Uh, it's, it's what happens when your when your philosophy gets made manifest and you realize the monster is bigger than you intended. And yes, absolutely. And that is what become makes the show kind of elevate itself a little bit. Like this is a this is a person really wrestling morally with who he wants to be in the world and reconciling that with the the influences that have come before him. Mm-hmm. Um 
So no, I mean, I think it's just a, a wildly impressive exercise. I mean, season three, you know, it's just, it, it just does more of what the show does well. And I, I, if I have any, I'm just soup speaking real skimming the surface here. Um, if I have any dislike about the show, it's just baked into the difficulty of serialized television narrative, which is for every, it's the, it's the will they want they romantic relationship of most TV shows. But in this case, it's will Danny and, or will Daniel and Johnny reconcile, you know, it's like, it does become every now and then you're like, okay, I think they would probably just push over the edge and become buddies now, but then mm something in the narrative kind of has to pull them back that said that is what makes the end of season three so powerful which is absolutely finally the allegiance mm -hmm. is if not cemented is beginning to grow um but yeah i mean i, I read I, I will defer to you in terms of how beat but for beat you want to go but i think we've alluded to this before but the the le the the ability to utilize those legacy characters to further what the show Cobra Kai is doing with its characters and not just as, Oh, Hey, there's Elizabeth Chu. And you know, right, that's cool. Right. Like, like, and, and, and chosen and, and Kumiko, like it really utilizes even convenient things like the girl he saved during the tsunami was right. now responsible. Like, is that extremely convenient? It is, but it works. And, and I'm totally yeah. cool yeah. with it because it means, you're reinforcing this notion that good deeds return to you as, as something worthwhile. Right. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I th we can get as specific as you want read, but well, but I think uh, so. It's in what's difficult about a conversation like this is we're trying ostensibly in what is, you know, around no more or only slightly more than a two hour conversation to capitalize on sure. not only three seasons of show, but also, you know, three films and, or well, you know, even more than that, Five trying films. to, yeah, that's right. And trying to bake all that in. <laughs> Um, so I will say, so like a cup, I'll, I'll hit on a couple of highlights for me in broad strokes and then I'll invite Josh to do the same. And then Nathan, you can piggyback off of that and then we'll, maybe we'll get into some theme. Sure. So, um, so just, just in general, um, I think what's great about the high schoolers is that they do, they are kind of about high schooler things. Um, so like the stakes for what's real to them are high school based real stakes to them. But then you add on the layer of actual, albeit karate, but actual violence and actual, like one of the reasons I love, love, love the high school fight at the end of season two is because th there's a couple of reasons. First of all, I think a lot of the character work that drives some of that, both in the Dimitri Hawk fight, the Tori Samantha fight, the Miguel Robbie fight, they're all extending from character stuff. Even the sure. small things like the the competing guys who used to be in Cobra Kai, but then one guy joined Miyagi Do and they kind of duke it out there. And the silly little two little runts who are yeah. you know fighting like <laughs> you know, so it's so it's all rooted in character. I love that part of it. But what I think was bold and that the show did not have to do was deal very in a very real and gritty way with what happens when mercy costs you. What happens when... And one of the reasons I love it, you mentioned earlier the whole, like, Miguel falling over the balcony. It's like, okay, well, this is not going to last. Like, yeah, I get that in the sense of, like, storytelling, but that whole idea that they deal with in season three in the first few episodes of, I showed mercy and ended up in a coma. Sure. Like, Johnny's trying to wrestle that down. And there is very much... And we've seen it play out in 
political spectrums and social spectrums and personal spectrums of like, yeah, if you want to be forgiving and if you want to let them walk all over you, then yeah, that's what you're going to get. You're going to end up kicked over the balcony and in a coma in the Cobra Kai language. But that plays itself out as a very real wrestling we all have to face of are you going to be the one who shows mercy potentially at cost to yourself because your opponent won't? Or are you going to be the one who's going to continue to be the aggressor and continue to be the one who finishes the fight and all that kind of stuff? And I love, with so much unbridled affection, love that Cobra Kai uses the platform and the and the puzzle pieces of their show to, to actually wrestle with that in a real human way, I think. Because one of my favorite things about season three is that you mentioned earlier in a jokey way, and it, it is absolutely one of the funniest sequences in the entire run of the show, but what I love so much about Johnny and Miguel connecting about the Facebook thing is it involves no karate. It involves like they're not fighting with anybody. They're just a a a man and the and the kid that he has taken under his wing and extending out from that relationship in all of the awkward and fun and cutesy and very quite meaningful and moving ways that that progression can kind of develop. Um, and I feel like there's not a lot right now of ways in which, because there's a ton of explorations of toxic masculinity, and this show 100% has it in there. There's not a lot of ways that that show what the original Karate Kid did of like just when a guy who's rough around the edges but has a good heart takes a kid under his wing and, and the kid enhances his life and he enhances the kid's life and everything. It's like new shows being made right now or new dynamics and story dynamics. There's there's not a lot of that out there, I don't think. And so I love that about it. Um, but I also love with all of the Okinawa stuff. I mean, see, episode five of season three is my favorite episode of the show um, because it dares to take somebody like Chosen and says, yeah, even him who experienced profound shame. And I love, God, I freaking love that Kumiko called him. <laughs> like she's why he entered into the show. She's like, he has a lot to teach you, you know? And I'm just like, this is, this is really great stuff because the thread that, that runs through the entire show is who you thought were your enemy has a lot to teach you. And, and, and there's a way in which the person that you would take up arms with literally from Karate Kid 2 and fight to the death with might be the person that actually pushes you forward into a profound sense of growth and everything if you can just learn to pivot that around and to approach it in a different way. And good Lord, how de- maybe just maybe I'm just speaking personally, but good Lord, how desperately I needed to hear that in January 1 of 2021. Like just how desperately I needed to hear a story tell me, yeah, these fight to the death rivalries can actually end in a in a very productive and healthy way. Um, and then also they managed to bake in, this will be probably my last statement for the moment. They managed to bake in the crease stuff where there is actually a real threat and there is something that you have to kind of stand up against and you can do it in your own way, but you kind of have to stand up and fight back against all of that toxicity pervading and infecting the people that you care about. And I think, uh, the way that Allie, we, we gave a lot of love to Allie earlier. Um, but the way that Allie, like showed Daniel and Johnny, you're the same person. Like you, you are cut from the same cloth and you need to see what is similar about yourselves because in a way 
her encouraging them to forgive each other was also encouraging them to forgive the things about themselves that they hated and hated seeing in other people. And that was possibly the missing puzzle piece to their finally sort of coming together in that final very powerful moment at Miyagi-Do when they're working together. Um, so it, it, it's really wonderful stuff. And, and obviously I could say so much about Kumiko bringing back the words of Miyagi and everything like that. But that's, that's so much, those are some of the highlights of some of the things that, uh, that I have one more question. I want to give, uh, Josh a chance to respond. And then I have one more question about season three before we pivot heavily into theme that might be a little bit more trivial, but Josh, your, your, your thoughts on all that we've been talking about in season three specifically. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I affirm all that you said. In fact, Reed, you've been reading my mail, um, with some of that, <laughs> um, the, the relationship, you know, what, what has become, you know, is adversarial at first and it's gone back and forth. It is the two steps, three steps type with Daniel and Johnny. Right. The, the stinking, the even, I mean, as stupid as it is, that dumb scene where they're fighting the guys on the car, you know, the chop shop, you know, doing a, a modern yeah. day Billy right. and Jimmy Lee impression. Um, you know, it is so, <laughs> it is so dumb, but it, Where's the I love bubble? it. Yeah, you like that? I, I, I yeah. love that scene because it's it's them on the same side. Of course, then right. as quickly as that happens, bam, you know, Johnny gets frustrated and, and they're back to being adversarial. Um, right. But so so there's that relationship dynamic. And then um, the the alley, um, the alley angle is and, and when I first heard that Chosen and Kumiko were going to be on, I thought, oh, gosh, you know, part of me is like, Ugh, do we mm-hmm. need to do this? But then right. they did it masterfully. It was so Agreed. well done. Um, but then when and, and when Allie comes back, of course, they've been teasing that since season one. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. I think it's season mm-hmm. one. Um, when she comes in, and there's so many things they could have done with that, but that she doesn't become a love interest. She doesn't become, you know, Johnny has, has uh, um, uh, started uh, seriously advancing a relationship with Miguel's mom. And she doesn't become part of that. You know, Allie doesn't. She becomes the unifier to, mm-hmm. like you said, Reed, to, to help them see what they had in common. And I, I just loved how they did that because they could have gotten that so wrong. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But they got it right. And then what you, what you said uh, about the dealing with the ramifications of our choices. Um, in fact, I wrote down the line that Miguel, when Johnny comes to visit him in the hospital, Miguel says, um, I did what you taught me. I showed yeah. mercy and this happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, as, as a person of faith, I thought, you know what? Um, there's many times in my life when I've taken Jesus up at, at what he's said and I've landed in a metaphorical coma. Yeah. You know, no, or, I get it. or right. I've, I've, I've been kicked over a, a, a railing or, or whatever. And it's, it's interesting just the timing of all this. My, I've mentioned my, my kids, my 15-year-old just about two weeks ago tore his ACL, his anterior cruciate ligament in his knee. Mm-hmm. And this is a kid that makes good grades, makes wise choices. And, you know, as I, as I watched that again, I thought of him and I thought of he's having to learn right now that you can you can have the right answers. You can be a good boy or girl. You can You can do what Jesus tells you to do and still... Things can go poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things can go in a way, you know, A plus B won't always equal C. And that sucks. And it's mm-hmm. hard to learn. Um, 
So I, I love that they deal with that. And at the end of the day, the relationship with Johnny, you know, so you got Daniel and Johnny, you got Daniel, Johnny and Allie, then you got Daniel, I'm sorry, Johnny and, and Miguel, mm-hmm. that whole little montage with lighting the shoe on fire and, <laughs> and him, him dangling the swimsuit issue and then going to see flipping D Snyder, oh um, which why can't you be twisted sister? Anyway, that's, uh, I don't know why it was just D, but um, that, I love those scenes because it's, you, you, y'all mentioned the, uh, Reed, you mentioned the to- toxic masculinity thing, but you're watching, you know, I thought about this as we've been talking, you're watching these kids, many of them who don't have a father figure. They don't have, um, you know, you think of, uh, gracious, I'm drawing a blank. Is it Tori? Yeah. Who's oh, yeah. Tori. Okay. Right. You're watching right. Tori. You're watching Miguel. You're watching, um, you know, we never see Hawk's dad. We don't, we don't know some of these, these uh, situations, but you're watching Johnny, one who kind of grew up without one as well, try to figure out how do I, uh, how do I do this? How do I, how do I lead? How do I um, mentor? Yeah. Mentor and influence positively when all you've seen is negative. Um, yeah. Mm. So I, I love that they deal with the ramifications of that uh, in their karate kiddish way. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so my, t- you mentioned him just in passing. Uh, my somewhat trivial question, but then it'll spiral into maybe my last sort of prompt before we dive into some more specific themes you know before winding down the episode is did you on a purely narrative level did you buy hawk's redemption or did you feel like it was a little too swift given how much had happened and the reason i'm asking it that way is because the jury is still out in my mind i i love that they made effort to redeem hawk i actually just love that because I loved that moment and love Hawk and Dimitri fighting side by side. That was a really great payoff to a bunch of stuff. But I did actively wrestle in my mind. I was like, does this, does this happen too quick for it to really, you know, be from where he was to where he is now? And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that as a sort of, you know, uh, at the risk of edging us into more trivial waters. But like, what'd you think about Hawk's sort of spin? Whichever one has an answer first. Um, I don't think it bothered me. I think, I think ultimately, you know, once Kreese brings in that new new crop of right. of more aggressive folks, the clock's kind of ticking for a character whom you know. I mean, the, the Hawk character they give some pretty audacious aggression to, uh, but you see him before all that, and so right. I like that. Now, the, your question of is it too fast is is a reasonable one, but. I didn't mind that ultimately, okay, because now see what your question makes me think of even more so is what is the lifespan of this show? Because mm. it feels like you can't push much farther past where, we're, you know, clearly next season is the all Valley and we're building to that. And so you've got a complete season baked in already, but right. Right. Without some really deft maneuvering to me, I don't know exactly where else you're going to go once the Daniel Johnny relationship has reconciled, which at least has the seeds of right now. So anyway, um, I, I don't mind that, that he came around. I think ultimately it'd be one thing if you never saw him as the nebbish, you know, previous right. Hawk version, but you did. And so it kind of works that he's back around by the end. 
Yeah, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I it, I felt like they were priming it a little bit, and I agree with Nathan. It's when when that second crop comes in, and gracious, what's his name? The former boyfriend, Kyler. Keeps, yeah, yeah. When he comes in, yeah, it, it's almost there's a <laughs> growing up, uh, you know, and, and dealing with, you know, sometimes being a bully, sometimes being bullied. There's right. a there's a principle that takes part that when a bigger turd <laughs> comes into your world, no matter how big a turd you've been, there's some reflecting that goes on because you're like, ugh, is that what I was? Um, right. So I, I sense that a little a bit with, with Hawk, but even... <laughs> oh, come on, whoa. <laughs> this is why you brought me on here, just for us to... Yeah, yeah, I need to exercise some demons. <laughs> the, feel, the feel good. Wait, am uh, I the alley in this partnership? Am yeah, I the alley Reed. In this, thank you. In this yes. Thank you, Reed. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're so that's you're right. pretty, but, Reed. That's right. <laughs> but I was going to say, even even with the you know, and you get that scene where he's observing what's going around uh, on around him, and right. you're hearing almost like the old Jedi voices. You yeah. Know? yeah, 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 and, yeah. And it keeps coming back to Johnny. You know, this crease, Johnny, crease, Johnny. And I did love, you got this character who, again, you've never seen a dad. You, you don't know what, and like Nathan said, you've, you've seen him at his, at his non-Cobra Kai-ish. And then he hears Johnny as the voice calling him out of, you know, what he's, this spiral that he's, you know. But anyway, I, yeah, I, it, maybe it was a little soon, but I, I did buy it. I, I appreciate yeah. it. No, I think I think you guys have, have contextualized kind of kind of my feelings on it. It's like I just I just wanted so badly for it to happen that I think I was on board for it happening even if they hadn't fully earned it. Um, but uh, but you do see some seeds of like when he breaks Dimitri's arm, he the the actor takes a beat and you see that at least for the moment he is having to choke down the reality of what he's done. He's broken his, what used to be his best friend's arm. And he kind of, he kind of feels that weight. I just got to say like, that's one of my, one of my favorite moments of the show with the high schoolers is when he sees Dimitri getting beat up on and that music kicks in and he runs across the bridge. And you know, when he goes running across the bridge, like, yeah, he's going to take the rest of them out. And then he and Dimitri team up. That's just a very energizing kind of moment of like, all right, all right, yeah, like this is this is good, this is good stuff. That, that um, they they play the noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's a couple of different as as we sort of you know uh, approach the 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 downturn and kind of digging into some more uh, of the themes, perhaps in a more substantive way. Um, Nathan, I, I, I'm. I don't know if this is kind of what you would hope for or what you would want, but I know in texting and sort of pre-prep off the show, you'd had some some things that you really wanted to to at least bring up if they, you know, whether or not they spark the the majority of our conversation thematically or not. I wanted to yield the floor a bit back to you to just sort of uh, unpack some of those talking points about what the show as a whole has said. We've touched on some of them already, but... So I want to yield back to you, and then uh, depending on where the conversation goes, I may have one more thing to mention up thematically before we wind it all down. Um, no, I, I I think that, and 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 my thoughts, you know, when we talk about themes, and it, it's a thing that pings me in a film or whatever, I will often go to this well, and so I can recognize that. But something something about watching season three and knowing we were going to be talking about it. And so paying attention from a different level than just that casual viewing. 
right. really res- registered for me and resonated for me, which is, one, when you first start watching Cobra Kai, the, the almost gut punch experience when I don't even remember which, what it is, but the first time they incorporate footage from the original films into it. Right. Right. And you're like, Oh man, that it's the very first really scene is planning that it goes right into yeah. it. That instantly. I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Well, and I think how well they do that is what started to, materialize to me of this these poles of you know what as we've described in, in lesser reboot type material is just your winking stuff starts to become this thematic conversation and you know we're all roughly the same age and so we are the key demographic to appreciate the show Cobra Kai because we were young boys watching young boys fight karate 30 years ago. And, Mm -hmm. and through Johnny and even through Daniel, I began to be very moved by what feels like the show's intentional, conversation through the incorporation of these new kids and the backwards looking stuff, utilizing the the old footage of this conversation that's happening between the expectations we have of life when we are young and the realities of adulthood that they conflict with, that they come into that they fight with. Yeah. And, and how kind of powerful it's like, suddenly this, this was no longer just kind of a flight of fancy fun nostalgia trip. It was like, wow, this is actually really a really, um, teaching aspect to this of how we, how we as adult men, you know, who, who, who've grown up in the culture and zeitgeist we've grown up in the things we thought about in our youth that we'd get to the things that in our, the ages we are now think, well, well, maybe was, was I wrong? Was I misled? Was I, were my influences off? Um, and yet we keep harping on Allie to me. One of the best lines in this entire series is her farewell to Johnny. And she says, yeah. get out of here. You have a future to find. And I think what's really powerful to me about the show is how it speaks to these characters, passion, karate however unique that is to you know like none of us have that passion but we all have something that in our youthfulness we were like man this is a thing i want to hang my hat on this is a thing i just love and i want to feed this thing that life and expectation and reality batters over time that we still kind of hang on to there and the ability for someone outside of our circumstance to come in and say, these things aren't wrong and you aren't, this passion isn't misplaced. You got some baggage that needs dealing with. That's a thing that needs to be dealt with because there's a future waiting for you. And and that we just all need to hear that, that you can live well and live whole stoking and nursing and, 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 and feeding these passions and, and, 
and find ways to limit how much oppression you let the past have on you. I don't know. I just, I, mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just really was impressed as I was analyzing what this, sh- what the show is speaking in response to what the movies were doing. Um, in a way that very few bits of long form media have accomplished. If that makes right. any sense. No. Well, because the, most of the reboots that happen, at least on the television front, um, are happening, and it, it happens a, to a lesser degree to in in a cinematic sense. Like we had an Independence Day sequel, you know, X amount of years after Independence Day, and it's like what they what they feel like they're trying to do is is capitalize on the audience that loved the first piece, and then just sort of bring them back for another right round. Adventure. Like yeah. yes, oh, wouldn't it be fun to see these these people go? But what what Cobra Kai feels like it's doing. And I don't have I I I shouldn't be so reductive as to say no other reboot has done this because I haven't seen them all. But what Cobra Kai feels like it's doing, as opposed to some of those re- reboots, is not merely, hey, let's have a cash cow and bring these characters back and everything. I I feel like the show is very interested in what you were kind of unpacking there, Nathan. Of like, this is where where are these characters now? How did they wind up in the world? Where where did they find themselves and how do they find themselves dealing with what has happened? And what I love about it is, what I love about um, Allie's presence in it, one of many things, is she gets to show up and she's out of her element. She gives lip service to the fact that she's screwed up a lot of things in her life. But she's, she's separated at this moment. So you know that if we got to see the Allie show... There would be lots of ups and downs and misunderstandings and and hurtful conversations and everything like that. But she she has the opportunity to step in and to witness things from an outside perspective and just get a moment to sort of speak into this in a way that helps everybody. That is just is just helpful and good to everybody around. But I think one of the things that the the movies themselves, at least the first two, if not the third one, because we've talked about how the third is such a big misstep. But at least the first two seem to be talking about, in many ways, like like balance and honor and bringing all of those things. And that Cobra Kai as an entity in the films is very much the antithesis of that, to where this is the opposition to those kinds of things. Um, but what Cobra Kai the show feels like it's doing more of is saying, like, no, those things are actually the bigger fight that you have to have is the one that you have to have within yourself to try to set aside those things like what does what does mercy and honor mean hand in hand and what does uh you know what does strength mean when it's waged to to stop the fight as opposed to when it's waged to finish the fight you know and uh, and all of those kinds of things i think that one of the things i'll take away most prominently from the show and then you know Josh, invite your response to to everything we've been talking about as well. I think one of the things that I'll I'll take away the most is is kind of what I mentioned earlier about the fact of like if you if you are willing to let it, life will reveal to you. It's something we say on the show a lot. It's not something we came up with. It's, it's uh, it comes from the you know uh, contemplative thinker Richard Rohr. You know that God comes disguised as your life to you. 
And I think if you'll let your life sort of talk to you and about where you are and about what you're going through, you might find substantive freedom, substantive forgiveness, substantive reconciliation, like that moment of Johnny and Daniel standing at the end. I keep replaying it in my mind of that moment when when Johnny comes around the corner and yeah, it's great. We've got a cover of In the Air tonight. That's awesome. But Johnny coming around the corner and them looking at each other and then them bowing to each other. That's a real that's a really big deal. It's a really big deal because this is not only like what we had with Chosen and Daniel where which by the way I haven't given lip service to it yet but holy cow the use of the the honk moment is one of the best payoffs <laughs> in the show like it's it's absolutely brilliant but it's not like Chosen and Daniel where they get to say yeah we sucked back then this was hard we're better people now goodbye you know like it's not that Johnny and Daniel actually have to do a harder thing which is I'm going to reconcile with you and then I'm going to work with you to build something more. I'm going to work with you to build something bigger and better and different. Um, and that is much harder work than just saying, I forgive you and now let's move our separate ways. This is, I forgive you and I'm going to partner with you in whatever's next beyond this. And I'm and, and that's one of my biggest takeaways about the show because that's what I think is is kind of missing from some of our language and from some of our mentality today. I'll say this, and then, Josh, I don't want to be disrespectful. I want to give you time to say as much or all that, that you know that, that you have on your mind, but this is kind of maybe my final button on it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the example. It's, it's, a, it's a political statement, but it was a watershed moment for me in recognizing who I want to be in this world. So the context is politics, but the lesson hopefully is not rooted in politics. Shortly after the conclusion, at least the initial conclusion of the 2020 election, when Biden, now President Biden, was was called uh, as, as the winner of the election. And there was a lot of congratulatory posts on Facebook and social media. And then there were also... A lot of, as is the nature of this, there were a lot of people crying fraud, crying that was stolen, you know, all this, and they're, they're kind of yelling about it. And I had posted something on, on social media, and it's a bit self-aggrandizing because I'm going to mention something that I said in a, in a way that was, you know, and, and posited as kind of a lesson to myself, but in the way that sort of working this out helped me in a lot of ways. I said, I'm not going to entertain any of those conversations. I'm not going to engage with that with you. I said, if you want to talk about something else, and this is the way I phrased it in my response to somebody who was kind of really digging in on the election was stolen conversation. I said, I'm not going to engage in any of that. But if at any point any of you want to partner with me in the good, holy work of the, the building up of our neighborhoods, the building up of our communities. If any of you want to want to partner up on the local work of like doing good in the world, then I'll happily partner up with you in that. But I'm not engaging in this other thing. And the reason I'm bringing that up in the context of like Cobra Kai is because it's like, yeah, you can you can spend hours and they do. Johnny and Daniel do. They spend hours just like, oh, yeah, well, you did this. Well, you did this. Well, you did this. And the fact is, yeah. Everybody's got some sort of beef that they can point to and say, well, you started it or you did this or you did that. But the harder thing to do and the more substantive thing to do is to start asking the question of like, okay, how do we 
put at least the bulk of what we can put aside and and move forward. And yes, there's a there's worthwhile conversation to be had about the fact that they didn't invite Crease into the dojo. Yes, there are some things you can't partner with, okay? There are some things you can't align with. I get that. But there is a lot more in common that we could you could unite together about and that we could find a path difficult, bloody, painful as it is to try to actually do something good and and sort of sort of find the places where we can stand together rather than continue to focus on the hurts we didn't get addressed on the ways we haven't pitied our opponents all of those other kind of things and and among the the wealth of joy and and exciting moments that Cobra Kai has brought me it's brought me a lot to think about in that in that vein and so that's my sort of speech on it Josh I want to invite you possibly as a final note depending on what you say you might ramp us all up again into a conversation but <laughs> but I'm, I, I I yield the floor no, that was that was great, Reed. Uh, I tell you that to me, season three that those last twenty minutes of that last episode, I mean it it was all I could do to stay seated. Like yeah. I was so pumped up for that little bit. I mean, even when you know Crease and Johnny are, are fighting, and then here comes Daniel doing his Al Pacino impression. You sent them to my house. You know, and he's just, he, he, you just go back and watch it and you, you'll hear it. Um, but then he, he fights Crease, but the, you, is, Reed, you mentioned the look when, at the end, when they bow to each other, but that look when Johnny comes around the corner and Daniel's mm. got Crease and Johnny, it's like, it's like two souls recognizing, oh, wait, here's the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh and, my God. And, yeah. And Johnny yeah. gives him that little wink and it's like, oh gosh, you know, Part of me is like, oh, yeah, you know, live or die, fool. Here we go. Um, but mm-hmm. that, I, I absolutely love that, that, that scene. And, and to me, as, as Nathan mentioned it, that you've been building to this moment where these two characters realize that there is more in common than there, than there is that divides them. And one of the things that st- struck me was watching, uh, watching Johnny, you know, <clears throat> you, see that, you see that character, and even Daniel, too. But you see that character from the movies, you know, Johnny was a butthole and just, mm-hmm. you know, he rich kid and, and, you know, a jerk with, with everybody and everything. And, but then you also see Daniel, you know, who kind of, um, it's funny, someone on social media at one point said about Cobra Kai, they're like, one of the lessons of, of Daniel is be careful that you don't get everything that you're, you're, that you don't win all the battles in high school <laughs> because mm-hmm. it doesn't help you later. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. what was inter- which was interesting in watching the two of them, especially, but mainly Johnny, but is this question, and I keep coming back to it, is do we let people grow up? Hmm. Do we let people who were turds or who were ugly to us or who were, um, you know, who, who, who probably now, that's one reason why I, I'm one of the very few people, I think, in this world that enjoys, uh, that I enjoy reunions, like high school reunions. Because I want to see what's come of people. You know, I want to see that Johnny Lawrence who was, you know, a jerk. Or, or if I was the Johnny Lawrence, you know, I want, I want to hear that from somebody. Um, because I think we, we don't quite often know what to do with people as they're evolving, as they're maturing, as they're um, learning the error of their ways. Um, and, and, I, you know, I see that in friendship dynamics you see it in family dynamics you see it in all sorts of you know in the church and you know i I live in a small town 
where almost everybody went to school with each other. And so they're ha- right. they've had to learn to get along as adults. And I, and I wonder sometimes, you know, and, and Johnny's such a great example of that. Like, here's a guy who was this. Will we allow him to be that? Um, yeah. You know, because it's very easy to hold on to, you know, which Daniel does for the majority of the show, holds on to that, uh, the good against evil, the you did this, you know, kind of what you said, Reed. Mm. So uh, I really kind of left, was left wrestling with that, that, you know, do I, am I still uh, judging so-and-so by what they were 20 years ago? Or, right. you know, it, will I allow God room to have worked on that person? Uh, right. You know, and myself. So. Yeah. And it's, it's so powerful. The thought of like the way we, the way we continue to cast verdicts on people for things they did and see it in light of what they're doing. And that's Daniel's biggest problem. Like Daniel is one of the most frustrating characters in Cobra Kai to me because he can't ever see Johnny as anything other than that guy on the map. That's the only until we get to the ending. There's and there's these little breaks. The dinner they have together, the drive they take uh, into Reseda and everything. You know, it's like those are great moments, and they kind of see it. But then it's Daniel who keeps coming back to the whole like, you know what? It's it's just like he just Robbie just had too much of you in him and everything. And I really fault Daniel for like not being able to break forward and and see Johnny for who he is, you know, that, um, and, and that the opportunities that he had to maybe actually build something before they get to the devastating end of things, uh, you know, just so many missed opportunities, uh, prior to the big school fight that they could have worked together instead of that, you know? And, um, and that's what I think is really sort of vital about it is that if you're looking at it from the Johnny You've got to break yourself free from the toxic influences that have so infected and pervaded your perspective for so long. If you're Daniel, the fight is to stop seeing people as ending with that perspective. You've got to stop see you've got to stop seeing that what's infected them is now just who they are and that's all they are and that's all they can ever be. One of the things I mentioned Soul of America earlier and one of the side notes that it talks about in sort of getting it is it says um, it says, unfortunately, in the perspective of people who talk about history, slave owners are cast as almost exclusively villainous and abolitionists are cast as almost exclusively heroes. When in point of fact, a multitude of their writings might have elicited a much more nuanced response that many, many slave owners were terribly conflicted about the 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 product that they were engaged in and that many many abolitionists actually wrote some terribly terribly racist things and i don't i only mention that to say that we we have a tendency to cast it in very binary forms which is is much of what cobra kai kind of leans in on of saying like oh man this is you know johnny's just cobra kai and daniel's just miyagi do when in point of fact many times the fights are daniel's fault and many times Johnny is fighting harder to to do something good than he gets credit for, you know, and that's and that's part of the brilliance of the show is how it illustrates that we need to again, I'll repeat it and then shut up about it is that if you're Johnny, you got to work hard to rid yourself of the infection of the toxicity that's poisoned your perspective 
if you're Daniel, you got to work hard to stop casting verdicts on people for things they're no longer doing just because they did them a long time ago and start learning how to to include and forgive and and move past that and work into something more uh, to to share in something as opposed to just continually uh, fighting over it. So um that's kind of that's kind of where I'm sitting out. I would invite Nathan, Josh, if you have anything else about Cobra Kai or about this subject that you didn't get a chance to say, now's the moment before we sort of pivot into the ramp down to the show. Y'all good? Yeah, I'm just glad I, I know what that. a swirly is now. <laughs> <laughs> I read, that's I'd pretty say, funny, actually. Yeah, well, it's great. One thing that you mentioned there, it's 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 reminds me of you know you think of forgiveness and one Johnny's got to uh, receive it. And Daniel's got to offer it, you know, and so there's, there's this, this nuanced relationship mm. with them and, and how, you know, forgiveness works in their lives when, you know, the, the early spray paint, uh, art that Johnny <laughs> does for Daniel. I mean, Hey, the writing's yeah. on the wall. there, big the, daddy. <laughs> if the boot fits. That's right. If the boot fits. Oh man. That's so, that's so true. If Dimitri's no, cast fits. <laughs> i did i did i was kind of charmed by the whole dimitri jazz thing i was kind of charmed by it i thought that was funny i thought that was cute um so uh to be honest i don't know if the fog meter if the fog meter is really going to serve cobra kai well because there's not a lot of great like scare moments um so i'm actually nathan and i didn't talk about this beforehand but, but i think we're actually going to skip the fog meter and just sort of go into recommendation as a whole um uh, so i'll, I'll I'll invite uh, each of you as sort of a final button before we give our sign-offs uh, to say, just do you recommend Cobra Kai? Uh, what would you uh, really encourage people to check it out? What would you really discourage or caution people about or whatever? And so, uh, Nathan, I'll start with you. Uh, your your recommendation feelings on Cobra Kai. Um, I, th- I, I think it's... I definitely recommend the show. I think if it would be interesting to maybe have a conversation with someone who has zero sort of plug into the original franchise. Yeah. Right. Like, can you quite appreciate, I mean, you can't appreciate it to that level, but does the show function well enough without that appreciation? And I, I don't know, right. but um, I think especially having been weaned on those early films, it's, it's just a no brainer um, to, to be able to yeah. recommend it. And Hey, yeah, most episodes are 30 minutes or less. I mean, come on. Automatic buy-in, like right there. Yeah, automatic. Let's do it again. Josh, what about you? (laughs) (laughs) Let's watch it again. Um, That's right. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I definitely recommend it. it, When I go back to what I originally said about finding it, you know, I thought, well, here's a, here's a show that we can watch, you know, as a family. Which not quite. Um, We're not quite there yet, but we'll get there. And and I, I want my my boys. Uh, who are growing into young men before my eyes, I, I want them to, to kind of wrestle with some of this stuff. Um, mm. As kids who have seen these movies recently and now are uh, seeing this play out, you know, I, I really appreciate what it brings to the, the table about what does it look like to be a man? What does it look like to, you know, deal with some of the things that you're dealing with um, things that I didn't have to deal with when I was uh, their age, but, uh, yeah, awesome. I would I would wholeheartedly recommend it. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome. Well, and of course, like I, 
I begged for this episode of the fear of God. <laughs> I like, I wanted this to happen, you know? So, so I, I, I definitely not only recommend it, I champion the show. Um, like you're the Nathan all Valley said. winner. Uh, there it is. T-shirt. I do. I have the t-shirt. I have the t-shirt Cobra Kai for life. <laughs> um, so I, uh, but I, I, I champion the show because I do feel that there's a lot of things kind of piggybacking off of what Nathan and Josh have said. If you if you watched and enjoyed the original Co- uh, Karate Kid films, it's a no brainer. If if you enjoyed them at all, you need to check out this show. Um, but even if you didn't, I think the show has a lot to say and a lot to offer to the conversation that is really, you know, not to ramp us back up again, but is really vital for right now. Where about about the ways in which you need to really take a hard look at yourself and take a hard look at at who you would typically perceive as your enemy and uh, and really do that work of seeing uh, what might be missing from the perspective and what might be common ground and what might be uh, the ways in which you're jumping to conclusions or things like that. Um, a, a lot about manhood in, in the modern era, um, a lot about just conflicts and the potential for reconciliation there's just a lot there that is really really strong i have now seen the show beginning to end twice and i've watched uh the first couple of seasons because as the new seasons were coming out i would ramp that means i've seen season one like four times the show is eminently rewatchable i think it's i think it's really wonderful it's and we're talking a lot about this like oh valuable stuff it is ridiculously entertaining. It's great. Like just for pure entertainment value, it's got some great stand up and cheer moments. It's got a lot of humor. It, it'll take you on an emo- emotional roller coaster. So it's fantastic. I really champion the show and I think everybody should watch it. I love, 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 love Cobra Kai. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that concludes this episode of the B sides, the first, first episode first new episode of 2021 uh so new year new era uh new cobra kai uh josh really really want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to come and uh to be with us i want to join the dojo to join the dojo yes as a matter of fact the fear of god dojo um and uh if if people are interested uh, i know you are you are multi-talented. You you're uh, just you're an author, pastor, all this kind of stuff going on. So, um, where can people find you if they're interested in hearing more about what you what awesome things you put out in the world? Well, thank you, Reed, for setting the table uh, <laughs> as <laughs> well pleasure. as you did. Um, I, actually, I I, uh, I write uh, weekly uh, a weekly blog um, that that is found at this joshrouse.wordpress.com. Uh, and typically each Tuesday I'll, I'll write. And some of the, the thoughts that we've, we've talked about here, uh, you can find some of those there as well. And I've also authored a couple of books, um, one called Blue Tractor and another called Father God, um, which can be found on Amazon. And uh, you know, I, I, I just want to add to the conversation in, in any way I can that can help help move us Help, help us find our own uh, path to being the Johnny Lawrence that we've been created to be. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, we by really the way, th- th- thank you all for, for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. gosh, yeah, we've had a blast. Maybe no, if Quiet had... Place 2 ever releases, we can have you back on then. I mean, we can have you back on for other stuff too, but, you know. If hey. ever. 
Is no, that's absolutely. <laughs> we are always looking for avenues to extend uh, the fear of God family, particularly when to at least one of us, it is actual family. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, um, so yeah, that's that's a great time. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but it is not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage each and every one of you to uh, fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. Josh, a huge thank you to you again. Nathan, as always, a big thank you to you. Of course. Listeners, this coming week, so this is going to drop, if you're listening to it, proximal to day of release, you're listening to it on a Friday. Next week, we are diving back into the Fear of God slate of films. Um, And most especially, if you're listening to this and want to know where to go next, we're going to be kicking off uh, February with a look back at some films from 2020 uh, that we didn't get a chance to have a full conversation about. And we're starting with the film The Lodge. So Which brace can be yourself. found on Hulu, streaming on Hulu. Yes. It can be found streaming on Hulu or for video on demand rental uh, in a multitude of places. Um, so you're going to get it. You're going to want to get your comfort. Very different than cover for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very Cobra Kai is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. The Lodge is not quite no, a lot of fun, but it is but it is really uh, a strong film and we're going to be talking all about it in our kickoff episode for uh actually this was the kickoff episode because it's yeah. Cobra Kai. So Come it's going to kick off, you know, <laughs> that's Yeah, I, I that's get it. Crane kick off. <laughs> the crane kickoff episode. <laughs> it's the crane oh. kickoff episode. Um so we'll see you there next week. Thank you all again listeners. It's it's good to be back and it's good to have you back listening uh with us. So so we'll catch you next week. See you next Bye, week everybody. guys. Thank you, Josh. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for all the latest episodes and news, as well as for merchandise and how to contact us. You can follow us on Twitter at the fear of God on Instagram at fear of God podcast, or join the Facebook fear of God discussion group. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of jacobhuntcomics.com for our artwork, to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music, and to Tyler Smith and MoreThanOneLesson.com for making our show possible. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>